When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sunday had a chance to be a special day for Michigan basketball. The men welcomed Illinois to Chrysler Center. A victory in Michigan would have been firmly on the right side of the bubble thanks to what would have been the team's second-best win of the year on paper. And the women traveled to Iowa with the program's first Big Ten regular season championship on the line. Well, if you're listening to this, you probably know how it all went. And Sunday was a lesson on just how fragile March and college basketball seasons as a whole can be here a couple of days before March starts. One thing goes against you, one tough game, and you're staring at the end of your season. For both the men and the women, they fell victim to almost unfathomable shooting. In the opener in Ann Arbor, Illinois shot 57% including 71%, yes, 71% in the second half. Illinois was 10 of 17 from deep. That's 59%. And there was waves and waves of big individual runs from Illinois. Alfonso Plummer with 21 in the first half. Kofi Coburn and Andre Curbelo rattled off 19 and 10, respectively, after intermission. And Trent Frazier was a consistent force. Eight before halftime, nine after it, including the dagger three in the game's final minute. Then, at Carver-Hawkeye Arena, Iowa shoot away a strong start from the Wolverines women's team. They then scored 33 points in the second half, which was the spark, and Michigan could not cool off the Hawkeyes from there. Iowa shot 60% overall, 62% in the second half, and they were right there with Illinois from three at 57%, with Caitlin Clark, one of the best players in America, men or women. Uh, She starred once again, 38 points, 11 assists, ultimately preventing Michigan from that first Big Ten crown. 
in games like this, in circumstances like this, you partly need to analyze what you can do better to avoid giving up 93 points or 104 points like Illinois and Iowa registered, while also simply tipping your cap to some ridiculous production. I mean, some of the shots that the Illini and that the Hawkeyes hit, you couldn't guard. They were tremendous. Uh, And then you thank your lucky stars. The season does march on. There are still plenty of opportunities ahead for both programs, but March really is here the next time these two teams take the floor. Tough one. Thanks for still making us a part of your day. We'll break it down more here on this postgame edition of Defend the Block. We're talking Michigan basketball. Welcome to Defend the Block, where we'll take you inside the basketball programs with interviews, analysis, and so much more. Now, here's your host, Brian Bush. Certainly, it'll be a little bit more difficult for the women to bounce back because this was a chance at a championship. Michigan men's basketball's regular season concludes with three games coming up next week. Tuesday against Michigan State, Thursday against Iowa, and then next Sunday at Ohio State. But I do think for both programs, you look at what's ahead, and that helps to turn the page quickly. Now, the men have to do so in pretty rapid fashion. They've got Michigan State coming to town at 8.30 on Tuesday night. Of course, Michigan State just registered a huge win over the weekend against Purdue, whereas the Wolverines are coming off a a gritty effort down the stretch. Michigan certainly made it close despite never leading in the ballgame. Uh, And as for the women, listen, this is going to be a difficult one to swallow, and they do still have the double bye. The bracket has Michigan now as the late game coming up on Friday. They will face either Nebraska or the winner of the 11-14 matchup, Wisconsin and Illinois. And I think a lot of people hope that chalk will reign supreme on the bottom portion of that bracket because what that would mean is, is a rematch of what we saw here on Sunday, next Saturday in the semifinals in Indianapolis, second-seeded Iowa and third-seeded Michigan. That would be awesome. Uh, So a chance at another championship. It does not make this hurt any less for that women's basketball program, but they have an opportunity. Remember, last season... It's easy to forget because of the success that the Wolverines ended up having in the NCAA tournament, but the Big Ten tournament was a one-and-done for Michigan women's basketball. You have to imagine that that was one of the many goals that this team set to have a longer stay, a deep stay in Indianapolis, and maybe a Big Ten tournament championship. For the men, you got your rivals coming in on Tuesday, a chance at either a quad one or a quad two win. Michigan State right on the border of that top 30 in the net. We'll see how that all plays out. As it stands right now, Michigan doesn't know if the San Diego State game will be a quad one or a quad two win. Right now, it would be a quad one. So uh, it really ebbs and flows. You can't get too overwhelmed in it all because, yeah, you're going to send yourself spinning if you look at all the bracketologists and and see where Michigan is. The reality is, uh, had Michigan won this one on Sunday, they would be pretty much in everyone's bracket. Right now, it's probably a coin flip. Probably more so people have Michigan in than out, uh, but there's a lot of work to be done. And the nice thing is that Michigan still has two more at home, Michigan State and Iowa coming up Tuesday and Thursday, a stretch of four games in eight days from this one through next Sunday at Ohio State, which is the same deal that the Buckeyes have. Uh, So it will be fascinating to watch, but tough one. Any way you slice it, uh, when you lose a couple of games like this, going to be difficult to handle. But 
We march on, and we hear from the national champ, Terry Mills, get his thoughts on the Wolverines' men's loss to Illinois on Sunday. This was a really, really uh, impressive effort to get back in it and a really, really impressive ability for Illinois to keep Michigan away. When it got to two, Terry, this place was rocking. Uh, and then Illinois dominated down the stretch. You, you sometimes have to tip your cap to a team that shoots 57% overall, 17 of 24. That's 71% in the second half. Yeah, they just found a way to execute down the stretch and come up with big bucket after big bucket. And that's what good teams do. I mean, you, you've seen Michigan actually do that against Rutgers. As Rutgers kind of made their comeback, Michigan was able to hold them off by running those type of plays and scoring the basketball. But I tell you what, this Illinois team came in here blazing hot and I've never seen a team just do it for just two halves. I mean, uh, you would expect some type of fall off, but it was all outside in the first half, uh, three-point shooting, and it was all inside in the second half with Kofi Coburn. Yeah, and, and the waves of different runs from players. What Alfonso Plummer did in that first half was remarkable. And then you have Kofi Coburn get his. We saw Andre Curbelo have a nice run there. Trent Frazier. I mean, this Illinois team can come at you in so many different directions. It's, it's a reason why they haven't lost back-to-back -back games uh, but once this season. Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, they can come at you in waves. And, and they have some, uh, some guys that can stretch the floor. And, uh, you know, they got a big inside presence inside. So... I mean, you got to tip your cap to those uh, those young men. I mean, they came in here, they fought, they had a lot at stake, you know, coming into this ball game, and they found a way to uh, come out victorious. But I like the fact that Michigan didn't quit. I've always said about this Illinois team is that they will allow you to get back in this game, and Michigan never quit. They got back into this game, just fell short. What can a team like Michigan take from this? Obviously, it was a big opportunity, but – uh, losing to Illinois is not going to be a huge dent on your NCAA tournament resume. Of course, missed opportunity. You'd love to have it, uh, but the Wolverines still have three games here. Though they come quickly, they have plenty of opportunities. What can they take from this? Well, I think for number one, got to be able to make those adjustments on the fly or players need to adjust on the fly. Um, a lot of times, and mainly probably with this team, is that you've got to get in there at halftime on the, on the whiteboard and say, this is what we want to do. This is how we're going to stop this. And you should be able to tell them that, and they should be able to apply that while the game is going in session here in the first half. And I thought they did a much better job at shutting down those three-point shooters in the second half. Uh, in a losing effort, I thought Devontae Jones was brilliant. A double-double a double with 10 assists and a season-high 25 points. I mean, he, his ability to create his ability to get others involved on full display, unfortunately, in a tough loss. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a special type of player, you know, and I love the fact that Devontae hung in there. You know, uh, it was a lot being said, uh, he's not good enough, or he can't play at this level, whatever it may be. I tell you what, if, y if I had an opportunity to take Devontae Jones again next year, hey, bring him my way because uh, this young man is, uh, is playing lights out, and, I mean, getting others involved. I mean, he's a special talent, and he showed why the University of Michigan chose him to come here and play. Uh, how much does it help that Michigan State's on the docket so quickly Tuesday night? Well, that, that could be a quick fix. You know, uh, anytime you've got an in-state rivalry game, a, a team that actually beat you up in East Lansing, I mean, it could be a quick fix. I mean, it's not a permanent fix, but it is a quick fix uh, for you, and, and if you want to rally the troops and get back on the right page, 
That's a great recipe right there. Now let's hear from acting head coach Phil Martelli after the Wolverines loss at Chrysler Center. Coach, this was a gritty performance from your ball club, but it seemed like every time you had an answer, they had another answer. How did you guys get back into it, and how did Illinois keep you away? Uh, I think the answer to that, uh, to both of those questions is the same. It was together. I mean, it was all, it was everybody's, uh, you know, blood, sweat, and tears emptying it out. And then the same is true on when were they scoring? Well, did they score because in the first half they made eight threes? No. Uh, we weren't, we were um, scrambled as opposed to, to uh, tightened together. Uh, defensively, and yeah, they they shot 71% on the road in the second half, and um, we had a lot of answers. We just didn't have enough answers. So, uh, yeah, you know, a co- couple big plays in the uh, first half. There was an out-of-bounds uh, mix-up. There was a missed block out on a free throw uh, where they got a bucket off of that. Uh, and then a little bit loose with the ball in that in that in that about eight to three minute ha- uh, part of the first half. Yeah, coach, you can learn in victory and you can learn in defeat. Um, just from your first glance, what can you learn from this game, and what can this team do to go forward? <sighs> well, uh, I, I have to go back and and process her. I have to process uh, Friday and Saturday. Because in the beginning, in the beginning of the game, we uh, not—I thought we were reactive, and we weren't proactive at any point on the ball. Uh, and some of that is—was it too much? You know, we're going to do this on dribble handles. We're going to do that on the ball screen. Um, and then I think the other thing is—and I—I and I did mention this before the game. Um, as you well know, being as great a player as you were, there's a big difference between being a shot taker and a shot maker. And my challenge to them this morning was be a shot maker. If you raise up and you don't think a ball's going in, then don't shoot it. And I thought in the first half we, we kind of were like trying to feel the ball into the basket and not really digging in and taking our shots. Devontae Jones assisted on 10 and made eight field goals. So 18 of the 29, he was directly involved for a season-high 25 points. How did he kind of will this team back in this ballgame? Well, again, I I salute Howard Isley uh, because he had talked since Friday with our players about their space on the floor. When the big fella is going to always be in a drop coverage and the ball pressure is going to be extraordinary, if you can make that... If you can make a skill play, you're going to be able to play in that mid-range area. And certainly Devontae did that. Uh, Caleb was, was very good at it. And uh, we have to make sure that we're connected offensively uh, so that second half we did a better job of getting to the second side action. First half we let them blow us up. But back to Devontae, I thought his, his in-between game was on point. Yeah, I thought there was a big difference in uh, the way you guys responded in defending Alonzo's plumber. I mean, the first half, I kind of looked at you, and 
I was up here shaking my head because some of those, and I even talked with Saudi Washington, those were four-point shots. They were beyond three-point yeah. shots, and uh, sometimes you got to just tip your cap. But I thought your team stepped up in the second half and uh, and took a lot of that away from me. Yeah, and the, and the one big one by Frazier, uh, when, when it, it got to be a two-point game or, or maybe even was a four-point game, uh, you know, they only took three in the second half. So they, I think they changed their approach to go um, – more to Kofi and the paint, and um, we, we needed to show more resistance across the board. Not, oh, Hunter didn't show resistance across the board, and we were trying to get double teams to him. Uh, he, he, was, he was much quicker in his decision-making than, than, uh, than I had seen, so I take that. Uh, he, he won that. Kofi won that against me uh, in that we were trying to get help there, but he was just quicker at making his decisions today. Coach, always appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate you. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. We wrap things up with the audio highlights, and to narrate those, it's our friend Rob Joyce. Time for the highlights in this one, Michigan. An opportunity at a resume-boosting win over a ranked team in Illinois who beat the Wolverines by 15 in Champaign last month. Nice start for both sides. In this one, Illini held the lead in the early going, ultimately never gave it up. But in the initial offering, never by more than a couple of possessions was the lead. Five minutes in a 12-11 game. Then the Wolverines went cold for a short sequence, and that's all Alfonso Plummer needed. Baseball pass out to the block M and Curbelo. Reset 20 for the orange-clad Illini on this Sunday afternoon. Catch and shoot, Plummer right wing three is a perfect shot. He is so lethal from deep, and Illinois is up four. Lethal indeed. Six of nine from beyond the arc today for Alfonso Plummer. He had 23 at halftime, finished with 26. In fact, he scored half of Illinois' points in the first half. At this point, Michigan is down by six. Hanging around, though, thanks to some play on both ends. Frazier turns on the Jets to the right wing. Leave it for Williams. Drives in inside on Diabate, who spikes that down. Near sideline, Brooks able to save it after Diabate's 19th block of the season. Now Diabate gets it, takes it in on Coburn. Floater left baseline, no tap up. Jones is good, and Michigan's down two all of a sudden. Big day for Devontae Jones. Midway through the first half, 23-20 Illinois, but about a minute later, suddenly it was a double-digit deficit. Illini, a quick 8-0 surge, force a Phil Martelli timeout, 8-30 to halftime. Illini started the game 7-10 of 10 from beyond the arc. Rest of the half was essentially Michigan cutting that deficit to 8, maybe 6, but... Couldn't get back-to-back defensive stops for the rest of the half. Down by eight at the break, 46-38. So work to do after halftime, exacerbated by a couple of quick Illini buckets out of the gates, matching the largest lead to that point. So suddenly down 12, Wolverine's response comes in the form of the big man. After just two of eight shooting in the first half, a couple of early buckets for Hunter Dickinson. Seven-point game with 15 minutes to go. Same story, though. Michigan showing signs of life. 
Illinois answering with another stretch of unstoppability on offense. Frazier draws Houston on a switch. Now to Hawkins' right wing. Drives underneath the basket. Got away with a walk. Push pass left point. Frazier, uh, Curbelo. He'll split two. Go all the way to the basket for an easy lay-in. And it's 66-53 Illinois. Cap a stretch of five straight makes for Illinois to give its largest lead to date. 66-53 at the under-12 timeout. But it would grow midway through the half. Far sideline, Grandison, Michigan bringing some press, and Frazier gets it across the center line. Now left wing, Plummer catch and shoot three, yes. Wow. That young man is scorching, now with 26, and Illinois is up 15. Made it 74-59. That was the largest Illinois lead of the day. Michigan in need of points quickly. Started to get some. Musa Diabate, personal 5-0 spurt. Makes it 74-64, eight minutes left. Devontae Jones free throws. Makes it an eight-point game, seven minutes left. Then a turnover. All of a sudden, a two-possession game. Michigan gets it back down eight, 638 left. Left wing Jones around a Dickinson screen. Steps into a point three. Got it! 76-71. Timeout Illinois with six and a half to play. Michigan has close edit had been since midway through the first half. Naturally, Illinois punches back five straight of its own. Brings it back to a 10-point game. So five minutes to go. Does Michigan have a final surge in them? Well, Devontae Jones does. Timers at two. Hawkins drives. Tough fader ahead of the key. Banked it off. Diabate soars up for the rebound. Two-handed. Chucks it up ahead. Far sideline. Jones. He'll split two. He'll bank. He'll score. It's a six-point game. 350 left. And Jones has 21. After a stop, he'd make two free throws. Three minutes left. 81-77. Illini who get a free throw back. Then the freshman from Canada counters from deep. Today's call of the game brought to you by the experts at University of Michigan Health. Illinois up by five. Jumper Curbelo from 18. Straight on is off to the right. Rebound Diabate. Up ahead Jones. Michigan wants to push. Right left wing. Here's Houston. A three. Splash! And a fist pump. And some words from the normally quiet Caleb Houston. He pulls Michigan within two. 2.02 to play. Timeout. Illinois. Today's Call the Game brought to you by University of Michigan Health. There's a difference between an answer and a Michigan answer. To learn more about Michigan's best hospital, visit michigananswers.com. Two-point game, 82-80. Two minutes left in a game Michigan had never led, and ultimately it would not. Illinois scores on the ensuing possession to make it a four-point game, gets a turnover, then an on an often offensive rebound, ices it with under a minute to go. One minute left, four-point Illini advantage. Shot clock now whittled down to ten. Houston draws the defensive assignment on Frazier. Can't wiggle past him. Dribbles around with four on the shot clock. Right wing got away with a push with two on the timer. Step back three is good. And Illinois is up seven. Illinois shoots 71% in the second half, 57% for the game. Illini win a fifth straight over Michigan, 93-85 the final. We were hoping to have some postgame reaction from Iowa City, but... Well, the result did not go the way of the Wolverines. So be sure to join us Monday night for Inside Michigan Basketball, the radio show. We'll hear from Chris Hunter on the men's side, get some thoughts uh, heading into the women's Big Ten tournament coming up this week in Indianapolis. You can hear that from 7 to 8 on many of our Michigan Sports Network affiliates. And we'll also have the radio replay of that here on the podcast feed coming up late on Monday night. That'll do it for me, Brian Bush. Thanks to Terry Mills, to Phil Martelli, to Rob Joyce, to Sarah Van Meter, to Tom Wyrot for their great work and their support. Uh, We appreciate you tuning in. Tough Sunday, but hey, March 
is upon us on Tuesday. And you just hope you don't run into teams shooting 60-ish percent uh, when the games really, truly are win or go home. As always, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Defend the Block, part of our Michigan Athletics Podcast Network, MGO Blue Podcasts. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Michigan Sports Network.